Good morning. Um, for those of you who do not know me, my name's Mary Rye. I'm a church member here, but I think I know everybody. Most of y'all, anyway. Um, Tim is preparing for baptism, so I am um, welcoming you um, to Community Baptist Church. Your order of worship that you see is a is a little different format today. You will find. Um, the, the calendar of events right there on that front side of it. Let me make a couple of corrections for today. Uh, uh, on the screen, you may have noticed that there's a church council meeting. That will not happen today. The 2 p.m. trustees meeting has been postponed, um, so that will not happen today. Um, the deacons meeting and the nominating committee, the nominating team, are flipping time slots. So who in this room is on the nominating team? You're meeting at four. Who in this room are active deacons? You're meeting at five, okay? Nominating team at four, deacons at five. If you would like some information on tax preparation, some tips on preparing your taxes, that will be at six o'clock with Sybil Keach. She is a board certified hoop-to-do tax preparation person. <laughs> she is our tax guru here. And, and she will be here to, um, to give you some tips on, on doing that. You will see the, the team meetings that are Monday as well. On Wednesday, our church business meeting will uh, happen at 6.30. Anything I'm forgetting? We are glad that you are here with us and among us to worship our Lord this morning. Let me uh, encourage you to do two things. Number one, stand and greet each other and those around you. And number two, there is an attendance clipboard, attendance sheet on the end of each roster on the end of each row if you will sign that as it goes by please include your address or an email address or a phone number however you prefer to be contacted um, if it's a letter or a phone number an email if you will just uh, put that on there um, but if everybody would sign that so we'll have a record of your attendance let's stand and greet each other this morning Good morning. He humbled himself, carried the cross, love so amazing, love so amazing. 
I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. That saved a wretch like me And I once was lost But now I'm found Was blind But now I see so clearly like rain falls down on me Hallelujah and all my stains are washed away they're washed away It was grace that
Okay, I didn't mean to jump up here while I go with Brother Hobson's notions to me. I thought he was saying, get yourself up here. <laughs> and I've learned he was Chairman Deacon, and I, I assumed that's just what I was supposed to do. So I just jumped. <laughs> just like he does when Nora tells him something. I mean. <laughs> Tell you what I want to do. There's, there's a, uh, in the song that they just sang a moment ago, it talked about, the cost and when uh, the sin was put up on the cross. Sin, do you know what sin is? Anybody? What is sin? Sin is doing something that you know God does not want you to do. Sin causes us to break fellowship with God when we're Christians, when we're doing things that we know we should not do, Sin causes us, when we reject Christ, to lose our souls. So, so sin is to be dealt with, Jesus said, or rather John said, by confessing our sin and finding that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin. In other words, forgiveness is here. Forgiveness has a, a, a meaning to it. I think it's very significant. It is a new beginning. What happened before in life is wrong, but needs to be put behind you, and that's what God says. Forgiveness says we begin now as a new person in Christ Jesus because our sin has been placed upon Jesus Christ. So sin is, is something placed upon another person. Let me see if I can illustrate this with this. This is a little trick, and I'm no magician. If you want to know a magician, our organist daddy is a real great one in there. But uh, I need a helper real quickly here. Somebody come on up here. Okay. See this card? You recognize what it is? I mean, what, what number is it? Six spades. Okay, hold it for just a minute. Would you put this in here? Just put that card right here. Now you know, you know, you know, and put it a different way here. You know that this is what's in here, don't you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's see what will happen with it. If we do anything at all here, and if this does anything, then we put this here and say well let's just see you can help me here hold your, hold this for a minute that's alright that's hold it that's good now okay just hold it tight now don't, don't let it fall will you not do that okay now then we, we put that card in there and you just know that it's there don't you you know it's here okay and if say will you say it with me say hocus pocus Kick a cow. Kick cow. Smile at your cat. Smile at you. Talk to your dog. Talk to your dog. And now let's, see. now let's see. Okay, hold it. Let's see. Where is he? Um, it's behind it. No, it went through the air. You didn't see it. You don't have the kind of glasses that allow you to see where this went to. But it was placed on somebody else out here who now has this card. And let me think if I can remember. It went over here to my left. I, I remember seeing that. And it's uh, a lady coat that it went into. I can see that. Uh, it's over here. If you've got your coat on a, on the uh, seat next to you or something. Will you look in the pocket of it and just see if it's there? Run your hand. Let me see. And maybe I got cross-eyed. Maybe it's over on this side. Let me see how it is. You never know. Where is it? You got it. I thought so. Go get the card for me. See.
How about that? I knew that. Okay, come here and tell me something. Tell me, is this a card that you saw? It is. Okay, how in the world do you think it got over there? <laughs> you see, this is the point of it. If this card represented our sin, then somehow through Jesus Christ's death on the cross, he, he took our sin, all of that mess upon himself, and he died for us. Our sin was placed on the cross, on Jesus Christ, in order that we might be forgiven and found a new beginning with life. That's what forgiveness is. That's the important truth of it. Let's have a prayer together if we can. God, in a special way, we're grateful that you're able to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we pray in a special way as we think together on that thought that if somebody here has not had that experience of forgiveness and found that new beginning, that today can be an opportunity to begin with Jesus Christ. Behold, all things are passed away. All things are new. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Please stand as we sing hymn number 364, the first, third, and fourth verses. seated. Our scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, and then we'll skip over to verses 21 and 22. This is the story of Jesus' baptism. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then beginning in verse 21, now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. This is the word of God for you and for me. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O oh Lord, our Lord. You are enthroned in glory and splendor, which brings light to all of your people. 
And as we gather in your presence today, we pray that you would shake us from our despair, that you would strip us from our selfishness and our sinfulness, and that out of your strength, you would bless your people with peace. O Holy Spirit, come to us on quiet wings of a dove and with gentle tenderness and caress our lives with your, with your love. O Spirit, come as unquenchable fire which purifies us and cleanses the shaft from our hearts and come to us as thunder upon our apathy and strike us with the flash of lightning so that we might be sent forth from this place in your power. For we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. We stand as we sing hymn number 447. Let us pray. Thank you, Jesus, for being here with us and the celebration of the baptism and be with those that can't make it here this morning who are homebound and, and ill, what so forth. But may we trust and obey him every day as he may lead us in the right direction. In Jesus' name, amen.
Okay. Hi. <laughs> That'll work. Can everybody hear this time? <laughs> yeah. You could call me up and say, you know, at the little anniversary thing that we had. Could nobody hear you? So I said, well, okay. And she said, well, do you want to do what you did over there? I said, well, uh, if I could remember what it was that I'd done. I slept several times since then. This was the only one that I could think of that, uh, This was the only one I could really remember. I wrote this one a long time back, but I still keep coming back to it because I really, really love the message in it. So just listen to the words if you can. Soft as a breeze, you come to me. Say, oh, can't you see? Got too much on your mind, leave the details to me. Do what I ask, you are up to the task. Just follow the design, soft as a breeze. Keep your hearts wide open to the things I want you to know. Your love for me will deepen with the things I've yet to show. Don't let yourselves get in the way, cause there are bigger things than you. If you will be a part of me, I will be a part of you. Soft as a breeze, you come to me, saying, oh, can't you see you got too much on your mind leave the details to me just do what i ask you are up to the task just follow the design soft as a breeze keep your hearts wide open to the things I want you to know Your love for me will deepen with The things I've yet to show Don't let yourselves get in the way There are bigger things than you If you will be a part of me I'll be the biggest part of you Soft as a breeze God comes to me Sing, oh, can't you see? Got too much on your mind. Leave the details to me. Just do what I ask. You are up to the task. Just follow the design, soft as a breeze. Thank you for listening. Where people have no choice but to forgive him. Who says you can't laugh in church?
where people have no choice but to forgive him. Who says you can't laugh in church? <laughs> you notice that, uh, that I chose to uh, play that little clip after our baptism. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, funny things can happen in baptismal services sometimes, can't they? I, I, I know of a pastor who had... Um, two impudent young sons who enjoyed a good practical joke from time to time and so just before their dad was to perform a baptismal service they put a bunch of goldfish in the baptismal pool needless to say that uh, baptism was one of a kind and another pastor um, that I heard about didn't realize that his waiters had holes in them so they filled up with water while he was doing his baptismal service. It took four deacons to get him out of the baptismal pool. And uh, some of you have no doubt noticed that I wear blue jeans when I baptize, uh, baptize folks. Matter of fact, a couple of people, a couple of people mentioned that just today. Um, I wear blue jeans when I baptize people, and I change into my, my dress pants afterwards. And there's a good reason for that. You see, when I was a young pastor, I was performing one of my first baptisms. I don't think it was my first one, but one of the, the first few that I had performed. And I was wearing my waders with my suit pants underneath, thinking that I was well protected. Well, in case you haven't noticed, I'm not the, uh, the tallest person in the world. And the, the person I was, I was baptizing, the young man I was baptizing, he was pretty tall which meant that I had to really go down deep to immerse him down into the water. And when I did that, the water came over the top of my waders and right down the legs of my suit pants. And silly me, I didn't have an extra pair with me. So as the congregation sang 18 verses of Shall We Gather at the River, their pastor was standing in the office in front of a fan trying to dry off. So that's why I always wear blue jeans today. Bob Beasley tells about returning home from church one Sunday after they had uh, had a baptismal service, and their little girl asked him, Daddy, why did that pastor push the guy under the water? And Bob's wife tried to answer her question, but the little girl would, would not be satisfied. And then later that night, Bob and his wife tried to provide an answer that a child's mind could comprehend. They talked about sin and told her that when people decided to live for Jesus and to be good, that they are baptized. They explained that the water symbolizes that Jesus washes their sins away. And, and when they come up out of the water clean, it means that they're going to try to be good from then on. Well, the little girl thought about this for a moment and said, well, why didn't the preacher just spank him instead? Well, I guess that's a pretty good question, isn't it? I wonder if it would make more of an impact on people if we spanked them instead when they became a part of the body of Christ instead of baptizing them. What do you think, Kenneth? What, think we ought to start that today? Come on up. No, no. <laughs> I didn't think so. Well... Um, some people may think that we should do that, but I think it's important for us to know that the water of baptism communicates grace to us in a way that spanking does not. And to be sure, one of the meanings of water in baptism is the washing away of our sins. And yes, we do hope that people will straighten out and be good after their baptism, but baptism is much more than simply being made clean from our sins. Baptism is also our entrance into Christ's family. My friends, we become brothers and sisters to Christ. And we become heirs of God's kingdom through the ordinance of baptism. One way to look at baptism is that 
it's, it's like an initiation into the family of Christ. It's based, of course, on Jesus' baptism at the hand of John the Baptist. And, and we are told that when Jesus was baptized, heaven was opened up and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my Son, whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. That's such a wonderful verse, isn't it? Kathy Leonard tells about something that happened at her church one time. She says that, that they had just finished an enthusiastic praise and worship time, and as the, the worship leader finished the last song, she went straight into prayer. And she said, speak to us, O Lord. Open our hearts to hear your voice. Well, just when she said those words, they were startled to hear a, a deep, friendly voice coming from above their heads saying, Hello, how are you this morning? Well, Kathy says that she opened her eyes and, in surprise and, and she saw that the worship service and all of the other members of the church were standing there with their eyes and their mouths wide open. And then after a moment of stunned silence, the worship leader chuckled and she said, Oh, the pastor must have forgotten to turn off his lapel mic when he went out to greet the latecomers. Now Luke doesn't tell us whether other people besides Jesus heard God's voice that day or not. But it's a beautiful scene. Jesus is baptized and his father, God, tells him how proud he, uh, he is of him. And you know, it's good when any parent says, I'm proud of you to a child. Some of you may remember the 1980 Olympic Games, the Winter Olympics, and that's the one in which the U.S. hockey team unexpectedly beat the Russians. And it was an incredible feat. This was one of those things that just came out of the blue, and they didn't... They thought this would never happen, but they did. They beat the Russians, and then they went on to beat Finland for the gold medal. And during that final game of the Olympic Games against Finland, the cameras started following different stories, and one of the stories that they were following was that of Jim Craig, the goalie. He was very close to his father. His mother had, had passed away not very long before, and which made these two men even closer. The cameras would show Jim in action, and then it would cut to his dad and show his dad cheering for him. And when the U.S. team finally won that gold medal game, the celebration was unbelievable. Players were hugging each other. Fans were going wild. But Jim Craig wasn't celebrating. He was near the stands, along the, the wall there, looking up into the stands, kind of like a lost kid. And then we could read his lips. Where's my dad, he said. Where's my dad? Craig finally found his father, and the celebration was complete. They embraced, they cried, and they remembered the years of practice and the years of, of playing, the years of drills and training and, and discipline and the years of bonding. And they remembered the woman that they both loved, a wife for one, a mother for the other. And for Jim Craig, such a moment of this demanded the presence of his father. And in a similar fashion, this very special moment when Jesus was baptized and a voice came from heaven saying, you are my son and I love you and I am well pleased with you. The father came to tell Jesus, I love you. And I'm proud of you. You know, every child needs to hear that message from their parent. And God was giving God's personal blessing to Christ's mission in the world on that day. And here's what should be most heartening for us today. 
For you see, God, I believe, was also granting God's blessings to all of us who have been baptized as well. We read in 1 John chapter 3 these words. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Did you hear that? Baptism tells us who we are. We are children of God. And at our baptism, there is an unheard voice from heaven saying to us, This is my son. This is my daughter. And I love him. I love her. You know, sometimes this blessing and this birthright, it may be hard for us to hear above all of the other voices in our lives. You know, those voices that that shout out at us and say, You're no good. You're worthless. You're ugly. Nobody cares about you. We hear those voices sometimes. But I'm here to say to you today that somebody does care about us. And that's God. So let no one tell you that your life does not matter. Let no one tell you that you're no good or worthless or ugly or that nobody cares about you. You've been baptized. You're a child of God. You are a brother or a sister of Christ. And you have been been brought into the family of God. And through that act of baptism, God is saying to you, I love you. And I am pleased with you. Baptism tells us that we're God's children. There's a second thing that we need to see, and that is that baptism offers us the opportunity for a new life. And here's where the the water of baptism is important. For you see, it's, it's a symbol of being washed clean, yes, but it's also a symbol of, of a new birth. And, and with that new birth, there's an opportunity for a new life. Next week we'll be celebrating Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. And Dr. King often stood at the front of civil rights demonstrations as firefighters and police officers would turn on him and with his fellow demonstrators with high-pressured water hoses. And it had to hurt. It had to hurt. Well, Dr. King once remarked that he and the other demonstrators had a common strength their baptism. And recalling the the fire hoses that Bull Connor turned on the peaceful civil rights activists in, in Birmingham, Dr. King once said, there was a certain kind of fire that no water could put out. He said, we had known water. If we were Baptist or some other denomination, we had been immersed. If we were Methodist and some others, we had been sprinkled. But we knew water. And it made a difference to him. It gave him the strength to face those water hoses that were turned on him. And I hope that you understand that the water of baptism can be a powerful force in your life as well. For you see, when the the water was applied to us in baptism, something powerful was taking place. The Holy Spirit was taking up residence in our lives. We became a part of God's kingdom here on earth. And as such, we became God's agents. God's ambassadors for truth, so to speak, in our family and in our community. So as we ponder our own baptism, it might cause us to ask, Am I being all that God created me to be? I know that I'm blessed by God. But maybe we should ask, am I living a life of significance? Edward de Bono, the creativity guru, once told a wonderful story about elevators and mirrors. Have you ever noticed that in some really tall buildings, especially skyscrapers, if you will, 
beside the elevator doors and often inside the elevators themselves, there will, will frequently be mirrors. Well, apparently, some years ago, there were a lot of companies uh, and, who were getting complaints about the time that people spent waiting for elevators. And the higher the building was, the worse the problem became. And so engineers were called in to try to speed up the elevators or to see if, if new elevators could be added in, in the shafts that, that they had. But, but there seemed to be absolutely no solution to this problem at all. They spent a lot of money on consulting fees until somebody spoke up and he said, let's fix this with mirrors. And then somebody asked, what do you mean fix it with mirrors? And, and the person suggested that the problem really wasn't the speed of the elevators or the number of elevators in the building, but the real problem was in the minds of the people who were waiting for the elevators. And he suggested, let's give them something to do while they wait. And he said, what do most people like to do? And the answer was, they like to look at themselves in the mirror. So how can we enable them to do this, they ask. And the answer was, put mirrors up all around the elevators and in the elevators and time will just fly. And sure enough, they did. And the complaints began to disappear. Let me ask you something. How much time do you spend looking in a mirror, looking at yourself, and compare that to the amount of time that you spend looking out the window, considering the needs of others and the needs of our society? And what I'm getting at here is this. Are you living a life looking mostly at yourself? Or are you living a life of significance for others? Baptism reminds us that we are God's children. And baptism reminds us that we have the opportunity for a new life, a life of purpose, and a life of significance. And then one more thing. Baptism also reminds us that God will always, always, always be with us. Pastor Eugene Nelson tells about a young man in his church that went away to college and returned home after his first year. And, and he appeared at Nelson's office one day when he came home for the summer and um, and he told him that he would not be at church while he was home that summer. Well, Nelson asked him why, and the young man said, Well, you see, I've been doing a lot of thinking about religion while I was at college, and, and I've come to the conclusion that there's really not that much to this religion thing. And I found out that I don't need the church to get by. Well, Nelson responded by saying that he found all this very interesting. And then the young man asked, well, aren't you worried? I thought that you would go through the roof when I told you this. And Nelson had known this boy for a long time. He'd known him for about five years. He'd baptized him about two years before. He'd watched him grow up during his high school years. He, he came from a difficult family situation, and, and the church had been very interested in him and, and involved in his life and had a hand in helping him to, to go to college. And so Nelson responded, No, no I, I am interested in what you said, but I'm not overly concerned. And then he said, I'll be watching to see if you can pull it off. A young man said, what do you mean pull it off? I'm 19 years old and I can decide to do anything I want to. Yes, I thought the same thing when I was 19, said Nelson. But what I'm saying is that I'm not sure that you will be able to get away with this. Why not, the young man asked. And so Nelson said, well, for one thing, you're baptized. 
So what does, that, what does that have to do with anything? And then Nelson said it means that there are people here who care about you. Kenneth, all these people here care about you. Being baptized means that. It means that, all the, that there are people here who care about you. And, and, and they made a promise to God when you were baptized. And if you're not showing up around here this summer, Nelson said to this young man, I kind of think that they'll be nosing around and asking you what you're doing with your life. And what kind of grades you made last semester. And, and what you're doing with yourself. And, and then there's God. You see, no telling what, what God might try to do with you. He said, from what I've seen of God, once God has laid a claim on your life, you don't get off the hook that easy. God is relentless in claiming what is God's. And in baptism, God is saying that you belong to Him. And Nelson ends his story like this. He said the boy just kind of shook his head at wonder in this strange and unreasonable brand of logic and more or less stumbled out of the door of my office. But then in a week or so, he was back in his usual place sitting on the second pew. The baptizers had done their work. A voice came from heaven saying, you are my son, and I love you, and I am well pleased with you. And that, is, that was the voice of God at Jesus' baptism. But you know, it could have been our baptism just as easily. For you see, we are a part of God's family. And as a part of God's family, we are also a part of God's kingdom. God's ongoing plan to redeem the world. We're a part of that. And that means that we belong to God. And here's the good news. Wherever we go, and whatever we do, God is there with us. So you see, there is no more important statement about our lives than this. We have been baptized. Amen. <clears throat> We're going to sing a hymn of response, number 321, The Savior is Waiting. And I realize that I've been talking today about being baptized and making the assumption that most of us here have been baptized, also realizing that there, there may be a few who have not been baptized because maybe you've never made that commitment to Jesus Christ. All that I've been saying today about those who have been baptized into the faith is true. When we make that commitment, and, and baptism is just a symbol. It, I mean, it's not something that brings us salvation. It's something that symbolizes our salvation. But it's an important thing. But the most important thing here is that you invite Christ into your life. The most important thing is that you say yes to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And you make him your Lord with the commitment that once I've been washed clean, I'm going to try to be good. <laughs> I'm going to try to follow in the ways that Jesus has taught me to follow. That's what it means to be, for Christ to be your Lord. Maybe you've never made that commitment to Jesus Christ and you need to do that today. We invite you to make that commitment if you've never done it before. Maybe you're looking for a church to be a part of. We invite you to unite with our church as we seek to, to be a little part of the kingdom of God in this place and minister in God's name. Or perhaps you just need a time of prayer.
Maybe those voices have been shouting at you lately, saying you're ugly, you're worthless, you're no good. And I'm here to say to you, that's a bunch of baloney. God loves you. God loves you. But baby, you just need a little time of prayer to get that straight. If God's dealing in your life in any way today, we invite you to come as we sing. The Savior is waiting. Would you come? Lord, our hearts are bent to receive your baptism, and we pray that you would wash our thirsty, dusty hearts with the rain of blessings from heaven. Send us forth quenched by your Spirit. Refresh us in the light of your love, and let us all remember our own baptism today and move into this world in the power of God's Holy Spirit that guides us each day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. When you die